0: Okay, good morning and welcome back. Today is Thursday, January 28th. Today's session or uh, episode 43 of the readings on Nityananda and um, specifically Voice of the Self by M.P. Pandit as a translation of Chittakash Gita. Uh, We're in part 2, pages 69 to 77, I read through it all last week, and this week I want to just read a couple of the verses and um, read them again, and then do a little bit more commentary on them, and then depending on time, uh, start the reading uh, of part three, and part three begins on um, page 81, and it does seem, and part three is the final section. It does seem that the the part two and part three uh, are much uh, deeper metaphysics intensive kind of teaching uh, than part one, which seems uh, where where many of the voice many of the verses seem to be shorter and also more directed to the needs of the devotees in the room when Nityananda was giving these speak talkings. Some of them are him right in trance talking about. <laughs> Uh, using uh, Sanskrit, uh, Advaita Vedanta, uh, Shaivist even, Shaktism. There's actually a uh, branch of um, the Vedas or or later Advaita Vedanta, which is called something like Shaktism, (laughs) about the the teachings associated with Shakti Shakti and Shiva Shakti union, Shakti as uh, akin to Kundalini rising from root to crown chakras, So, uh, today I want to start at the bottom of 71, read a long paragraph or a long verse, and then give some commentary on that, and then two or three more from this part 2, and then go to part 3. So, bottom page 71, um, from Voice of the Self, MP Pandit, uh, Nityananda said, Why do you hold the umbrella? To, pre- to prevent rain from touching you. The rain is maya, <coughs> or illusion, falsehood. The umbrella is the truth, with a capital T, and I think that's sat. The mind is the handle. So the rain is maya, the umbrella is the truth, or sat. The mind is the handle. There is truth in everything, but very few live in the truth. The maya belongs to the atman, not atman to the maya. The prime minister is of the king. The prime minister is not the king. Mind is not the Atman. It is a reflection or the reflection of the Atman. Mind is two grades below the Atman. The mind has an end. Not so the Atman. Mind is deluded in many objects. Atman is not subject to the Gunas meaning the uh, elements or the properties of matter or energy. All the gunas apply to the mind. Mind is a fragment of the Atman like the water of a rivulet. The Atman is like the sea. There is neither depth nor end to its water. Similarly, there is neither end nor limit to the Atman. Whence is the Atman born and whence come, meaning from where is it born and where does it come, Wherever you turn, it is there. Nothing else is seen. Creation is there before you and after you, meaning in front and in back. Even before you were born, there has been creation. I'm not sure what Sanskrit word he was using there. Only you have not been aware. As the life force, which could be prana, moves outward, there derives desire for many objects. So born, there ensues the mind the double, the triple, the sixfold gunas, and thus the world in creation. All other gunas rose thence, meaning after this uh, birth of multiple, multi- multiple groupings of gunas. Once born, the organs of knowledge are the most needed for man. The organs of action may be said to relate to the earth, and the organs of knowledge to the grosser akasha, or sky, that is called Chid Guna rather than Chid Akasha or um, Sridaya chid, uh, chid, Chid Akash. The organs of action are said to belong to the Sat Guna, Sat meaning truth, property. He is a man who conquers the senses. For him, there is fulfillment on his own, meaning alone, in de- not depending on causes and conditions think of that behind the many minds there is the one mind that one mind capital m is also the mind small m of others and that mind is the eternal mind eternal mind is the supreme bliss the subtle mind of chit like chitakash chit the subtle mind of chit is the heart sky hidakash. pure mind is the pure sky and the pure sky is the siddhi, fulfillment. That is yoga, that is the heart. Fulfillment ensues only when you proceed in the pure skies. It is there that the seer of duality, you and I, disappears. In the pure skies is the way of right living, mukti, bhakti, and shakti. The pure sky is within the buddhi. When the being dwells in the pure sky, all sense attachments are burnt away. The pure sky is the Brahma Randra. Raja Yoga is above the neck. Varna Randra is above the neck. (laughs) So pretty deep teaching there. Um, We've got Maya, Truth, and Mind. Maya as falsehood and illusion, um, the illusory dualism, dualistic perceptions or conceptions, self and other, time and space, past, present, future. I mean, we perceive all that and then we conceive it and then we um, believe our conception and then we act accordingly. Uh, Theoretically or knowing intellectually, oh, the many is one or oh, appearance is illusory or, or a cover... Um, is good for a start, but it's not the same as the experience of non-duality. And so, the protection against Maya is truth, or Sat. And I don't know if he used Sat, the word Sat, translated by MP Pandit as truth, but surely we can say that that Sat as uh, ultimate truth, or reality beyond concept and illusion, uh is uh, sought as truth is a, a decent translation. And certainly living in reality, <clears throat> whatever that is, <laughs> as well as one understands what that means, um, is the way of getting beyond Maya or the attachments um, associated with ignorance, Avidya. And so the point is that, that um, commitment to truth, like I say, loving truth, how much do you love truth, um, is critical. It's a commitment to honesty within oneself and a commitment to seeing clearly around us. And that uh, love love ain't enough. Love is the basis, but a a, a rigidly held, um, kindly, friendly approach um, regardless of the one we're with, regardless of how we're feeling, regardless of the situation, a rigidly held, um, leading with love is unwise <laughs> and wise is, um, assessing the situation, me, how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, and you, or, uh, the situation that appears uh, around us, um, seeing truth or knowing clearly as much as we can is job number one. And to do that requires love. Yes, indeed. Um, I just read yesterday about Saint Savas of Vatopaidi, um, an Eastern Orthodox monk of I think the 13th 14th century, who um, was a hardcore ascetic and so-called fool for Christ, meaning he uh, wandered without clothing, without food, without anything, trusting God had <clears throat> went through all sorts of intensive trials, uh, but ended up with <laughs> cities and multiple apotheotic experiences of divine light and joy and union with Christ and all sorts of things, uh, all sorts of paranormal experience, awakening, and he had healing power um, and was really, you know, seemed to be quite a great man. And at one point, he was harshly critico- criticizing the emperor for some action, some kind of false flag <laughs> manipulation of uh, violent elements in society. And so... he wasn't leading with love in the way of uh, preventing him from harshly criticizing um, wrong action or wrong doing um, in his society. And so, Nityananda said, there's truth in everything, but very few live in the truth. Right. And that's why 3D repeaters repeat, or souls here are repeating. Mainly because they don't, um, they'd rather have comfort than truth. They'd rather have security and emotional stability Um, than truths that might set them free about themselves, about the world. Uh, and, And that's a big problem. And so, Maya belongs to Atman, but not Atman to Maya, like the Prime Minister under the king, Maya, or illusion, is below Atman. And if Atman, we can say, is sixth density, late sixth density, higher self, like Ra saying, we no longer seek light, we become light, Uh, Putting those two perspectives together is useful. Uh, Nityananda goes through the the, um, ontology very well here. Um, We have become light means uh, Ra in the law of one has unified self-consciousness, a unified self-identity, the consciousness of self as one, as one, as light. Meaning, intelligent energy, or prana, or numa, or or chi, or ki in Japan. So ki in Japan, chi in China, prana in Sanskrit, is um, pranavayu, but is ultimately light, love, light, in light, love, intelligent energy. The basis of the seven rays, and that's the point: is that light generates that what's called light. Um, which is the basis of uh, apotheosis, meaning an experience of of that divine light. Uh, Light is um, pre-differentiation, is of the one, not of the many, and yet it gives rise to the many, the many being seven rays, or energy fields and bodies and beings in time and space. And so, maya or illusion is not a property actually of matter. It's a property of mind. And so, is the problem outside or inside? Well, outside and inside are ultimately one, or the one that conceives inside and outside is both outside and inside, and thus neither. Meaning the speaker, the I, the Aham, the Atman, right? The sub-logos, Atman, the true self, true nature. Uh, <clears throat> is either um, clearly manifesting and realizing at, at, at its own level Atman knows unity, right? I become the light. The light means I know I am the light of the octave. It means that the light of the octave, the light <clears throat> or energy that is the basis of vibration, <laughs> uh, I, that is the substance of seven-dimensional octaves, uh, I know I is not separate from that. So I is like, then (laughs) when they leave sixth density, they drop that sense of identity and then move towards Paramatman or Atman moves towards joining with Paramatman in eighth density. But in this octave and for us on our way up to Atman or um, where Atman is the um, uh, proximate goal of soul evolution, mind-body-spirit complex goes to mind-body-spirit beingness. <clears throat> which is late Sixth Tensiti, which is Atman. And so, uh, mind is not Atman. Mind is reflection of the Atman. Um, Atman as the beingness of unity, knowing its identity at that time, which is not a final knowing, but knowing its identity uh, in its beingness or of its true nature as one with all, because all is a differentiation of light. So, uh, I is the water of the ocean, and then it breaks into rivulets and streams and puddles and ponds and teaspoons of liquid, (laughs) and all those um, differentiations of form uh, are of the same substance, light. But light itself comes out of uh, the ineffable meaning there is a creation of light that's called uh, pranava <clears throat> so um, the word was with God the word was God uh, the one infinite creator generates Logoi. the Logoi, as a uh, active point of infinite power mind uh, and potential for light generates light and at the level of atman or late sixth one knows that uh, I is this this one substance of all creation. And then <laughs> moves to drop that and know I is the one that created light. I is the creator of light. And I'm, again, not talking about any uh, grandiosity here. Just saying this is, uh, it seems to be how it's known uh, as one goes into unity and then beyond unity. <clears throat> and so, mind is not Atman, It is the reflection of the Atman. Mind is two grades below Atman. This is very interesting. You can say that in the sequence, mind, body, or let's say body, mind, spirit, beingness, totality, complex, the seven-dimensional so-called self, the seven-dimensional identity, seven-dimensional energy fields that are the vehicles of the Logos that house or vibrate, with the evolving consciousness through the dimensions of the octave, Uh, that uh, in that sequence, uh, body, mind, spirit, Atman, Atman, next level down is spirit complex, next level down is mind. So, two grades above mind is Atman. Yeah, cool. Mind, two grades below Atman, Atman, then spirit complex, which is six and seven chakra energy fields, we can say, and then mind, which is particularly fourth and fifth chakras energy fields, uh, though that can unify with the, all the others in you know at the level of atman. <laughs> so at the level of atman, you the beingness complex, so called, um, according to Ra, that beingness uh, is a full integration coordination of all lower levels called body, mind, spirit, and so. By that linear sequence, we can say that mind is two levels below Atman, two grades below, where Atman is uh, beingness complex, uh, two steps beyond the mind complex, if we go body, mind, spirit, beingness, totality, in that sequence. There's another way to look at that, (coughs) which is that... um, The functions of mind—it's um, it, associated with the first way, but the functions of mind um, are very du- are dual, right? You've got manasic and buddhic, the um, linear thought form producing samskaric, vijnana, right? Fourth and fifth khandhas in Buddhism, the mind of uh, samskara and vijnana meaning thought, form, production, right, Sankara, Samskara, fourth Skanda, the constituent or heap with the sense of self, uh, being akin to the monastic function where higher mind is Buddhic uh, and that itself, those two functions of mind, um, likewise, um, uh, require an intermediary Uh, which is very complex, the same kind of view. But, um, you can't get to Atman by mind alone. Mind has to be surrendered to spirit for um, Atman to fill mind, in a sense. Uh, So, um, it's a reflection of the Atman. Uh, The reflection, the Atman is beyond monastic and Buddhic, you see. The, 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 the bridge from dualistic consciousness uh, uh, to unitive consciousness, unitive awareness, is Buddha, buddhi, And so, uh, monastic, common mind, um, surrenders to uh, buddhi, uh, discriminative awareness or non-dual awareness, particularly in the training and meditation, in mindfulness, particularly in... Uh, the thinking function is surrendered, uh, hopefully, <laughs> wisely, or in in love, wisdom, balance, meaning, we without suppression, um, and and then uh, then one sees the many that had previously been known only by the monastic dualistic function with the buddhi function or the higher mind function of non-dual um, discriminative um, knowing or awareness. It's sort of knowing the many as the one, knowing them both. Um, but again, I, I'm not fully sure what he understands, how he's using the term buddhi. But all of that still is below atman, and atman is beyond mind, you say. And so, he said the mind has no end, so buddhi has an end. Buddhi's end is atman. And Atman doesn't have an end because light has no end. Meaning they're boundless. The octaves, even though they seem to be limited, are relatively unlimited or unbound or no-ended, non-ending. Not so Atman. And again, I'm not him, so I don't know everything he knows at all. I know a a grain of sand compared to what he knows. Mind is deluded in many objects, indeed. And Atman is not subject to the gunas. Uh, Buddhi may be. And uh, the gunas as the properties of matter and energy uh, apply to mind. So uh, differentiation is a function of mind, not a property of so-called objects. Because so-called objects are only called objects and experienced such by mind. And so uh, awareness of body is in mind. And so is the body outside the mind when only by mind can we know that there's such a thing called a body? I mean, ultimately, it's, there was a school in Buddhism called Mind Only. And yet, there's also a teaching of no mind. <laughs> on teaching of no mind. And there was a Zen student who wrote, On Having No Head. And so, mind is a fragment of Atman, like the water of a rivulet. Likewise, each incarnational personality is a fragment of Atman. And that can be experienced directly. So, you see, everything that he's saying can be directly <laughs> experienced. Um, in, you know, um, various forms of epiphany or jhana or, um, quiet mind, samadhi, um, uh, insight breakthrough like vipassana. <clears throat> all of this can be experienced. I mean, the reason he's saying it is because he's experienced it all and I've not experienced it all. So I can't understand it all. And that's why <laughs> we don't understand anything fully because we haven't experienced totality fully or anything fully so, like Raw said, understanding is not of your density. So, Atman is like the sea, no depth, no end to its water, <clears throat> but there is an end to mind. And um, where does Atman born and where does it come? Well, again, Atman equals uh, the uh, identity of all light. I is all light. That's Atman. And, again, I'm not <laughs> living from Atman fully, at all, so I can't fully explain it. Uh, Wherever you turn, it's there. Um, Very much like um, uh, everything you look at, everything you hear, every thought and mind, um, every perception, conception is born of light, is of light, is vibrating, you know, your dancing thoughts, is vibrating um, light, which is uh, pre- uh, ultimately pre-vibrational so vibration comes out of the pre-vibrational the light comes out of pre-luminal so mm, light as the basis of seven rays and energy fields and matter comes out of the mind of the you know infinite, nearly the logos, let there be light uh, and <clears throat> uh, everything that we experience in the octave is light Including mind, including the five skandhas, including buddhi. But not, but, and, and Atman is the awareness that that is all I, tattva asi. actually. Uh, I, uh, I, <laughs> uh, I, I is reality, I is um, existence, uh, I is totality, um, reality beyond illusion or maya. That's what I is. And in the octave, that I is known as light at the level of Atman. So, that's why he says nothing else is seen uh, and creation. Very much, you know, he said creation is there before you, after you. Yeah, the seven dimensions of an octave are called creation. And that is I. And so, even before you were born, there's been creation or octaves or seven dimensions or the manifestation of light, but we've not been aware And um, not experienced, I is the one light, or I is uh, boundless light that is the one substance of uh, seven dimensions and the 10,000 things. So, (laughs) as life force moves outward, there derives desire for many objects. And that's exactly um, uh, the transit from the 10th to the 9th to the 8th fetters in Buddhism. 10th fetter, Avidya, is a basic, uh, is really the generation of light itself. (laughs) I mean, because at 7th density, Ra realizes that, or 7th density beings out of 6 realize that there's no identity. And any kind of identificatory process, like I is, I am, is is a distorted uh, writhing, or a a tangle, an unneeded tangle. 10th fetter, Avidya... Um, is sort of uh, what happens uh, when there's um, experience or or, uh, existence in the octave uh, without complete seven chakra perfection. There's naturally going to be a generation of subjectivity, separative selfhood, sense of separative selfhood, and then craving and desire. And so... Uh, 10th fetter ignorance leading to 9th fetter going down in the involutionary arc, we can say, goes down to 9th fetter uh, restlessness, goes to 8th fetter conceit, which is really tanamanas, which is really craving, monastic function, uh, sense of subjective selfhood, which is illusory, because it's based in restlessness and ignorance, 9th and 10th fetters. And thereby comes various forms of craving. Craving for non-existence, craving for existence, craving for becoming, non-becoming, right? Craving for non-becoming, craving for becoming, craving for sensual experience. The three forms of tanha, and so, and coming out of that comes upadana, and, th- and countless forms of clinging, and all of that it can be summarized into the three unwholesome roots: grasping, aversion, ignorance. It's plus minus or foggy. <laughs> so, uh, the forms of uh, unwholesome word and indeed like the three poisons, uh, grasping, aversion, ignorance, come out our, our basic uh, a classification of the countless forms of clinging, uh, Upadana. The basic clinging is Upadana Skanda. The eighth fetter is the root clinging. <laughs> uh, but that comes naturally um, because of, uh, you know, imperfected vehicle manifesting in the octave. And so the life force or pranavayu moves outward from the logos and then manifests this sort of point of awareness that's called higher self. And uh, by that itself uh, comes uh, tana, meaning just the very, the the experience of subjectivity, separative selfhood, just that eighth fetter conceit. Is a um, is the result of craving or desire. Uh, the first craving is the craving for differentiated experience, which co- which goes to the tanamanas or Tanamana eighth fetter conceit in Buddhism, which again I would call subjectivity, <laughs> and that's the root of every other desire. Is a sense that there's an I, there's a separative I here, that likes and doesn't like, that wants and doesn't want. That that is uh, of a condition that should be improved <laughs> has a problem here and so there born ensues the mind and so mind comes out of um, subjectivity and subjectivity comes out of restlessness and ignorance and coming down from that subjectivity to mind intrinsically inevitably comes desire and further, and and the 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 world gig of reincarnation that comes out of craving, desire, and gives rise to clinging, and dot dot dot, and that's exactly what happens in the in the sequence down from tenth fetter to first is um, once there's uh, uh, you know sort of disturbed avidya <laughs> um, stirring the the pot <laughs> uh, stirring the beingness. Um, vehicles stirring a seven-dimensional vehicle, seven dimensional vehicle um, is kind of the restlessness stirring basic avidya of of having light vehicles. You say light body, light the seven energy fields are vehicles of light with a capital L. Those vehicles of light actually, I think, constitute the primary avidya or tenth fetter. Just that there is uh, vehicles of light in the octave for a beingness. Um, which at this point we're looking on the downward arc would be higher self. Um, just by that establishment of vehicles or seven-dimensional energy fields of light, we have um, a sense of selfhood or conceit, tanamanas or subjectivity. And by that comes naturally mind because uh, that subjectivity, that sense of subject, I mean, that that uh, it's basically like the, the coalescence um, or, or a very subtle fu- coalescing function of mind of the vehicles themselves give rise to conceit eighth fetter. <laughs> the, the intrinsic reflectivity of light, the intrinsic sentience of light gives rise when stirred um, in a, when, when a seven-dimensional energy field Vehicle <laughs> system uh, naturally self stirs <laughs> naturally is vibratory ninth fetter restlessness is vibration polarity light is polarity light is polarized light is vibratory life light is light's alive light is alive right that alive is vibratory pol- polarized uh, restlessness and ninth fetter very similar that itself gives rise to subject that that itself um, naturally leads to um, a a coalescence of its intrinsic sentience to give rise to the subjectivity of eighth fetter conceit, ahamkara, that's ahamkara. That's making an I out of (laughs) um, infinite awareness that doesn't have to do so, but does because it's identifying the intrinsic reflectivity or sentience of light identifies with its seven-dimensional energy fields and calls itself aham. I am a hum. And so, saying I am a hum, <laughs> uh, it then naturally um, goes on with uh, countless desires, all run out of uh, clinging, run out of craving or, or tanha. And so, born uh, mind is, co- is co-generated with subjectivity. Or you can say, a very subtle coalescence of uh, sentience, The sentience of light itself coalesces into the subjectivity, eighth fetter tanamanas, the craved mental born identity, and goes and and creates atman. (laughs) And atman is not the end of the game. Atman is still in the octave. Atman has to join with paramatman, and then all these gunas and everything else is born out of that, because what's born is awareness of it all. Is it outside or is it inside? It's both and neither. Is the world outside the seer? The seen is the seer. The seer is the seen. That's what non duality means. Uh, So the seen is the seer. Uh, I is not that over there, but all around is this I. And so once born, the organs of knowledge are most needed for man. Organs of action relate more to earth, so there's action of the body, and the organs of knowledge are mind. And again, that's two steps below Atman. And that's why mind can't take you to Atman unless it surrenders to what's called spirit complex, the bridge between mind and Atman. And that's what spiritual path is about, is the spiritualization of mind-body. Mind becoming silent, the silence of self at the silence of mind at a steady state, like Ross said, like samadhi, like one-pointedness, coming out of mindfulness, um, any kind of sati. Um, let's them, lets the energies of Atman through Spirit Complex, Six and Seven Chakra, right? Contact, Intelligent, Infinity Seven, Access to Intelligent Energy Six, uh, Gateway, Shuttle to uh, Spirit Complex, lets that come into mind and body and chakras five, four, three, two, one more fully than ever before. That's a spiritualization of my body. That is uniting Atman or, or mind, body, spirit through mind with. Without man and so the organs of knowledge or organs are Manasic and buddhi manas Manas and buddhi, and organs of action I think he means body, and then organs of knowledge relate to the grosser <clears throat> Akasha the grosser Akasha is the is what the lower mind or Manasic function uh, cognizes, and that's chid guna <laughs> like different than chid Akash, so there's chidguna and (laughs) Satguna. Why to say organs of action belong to Satguna, I'm not sure. Um, It may be because, it's a very common, very subtle point in Buddhism, and maybe, I guess, in Vedanta, that mind is the problem, not body. (laughs) This thing called body is not a problem. What's the problem, or where ignorance resides, is mind. And so the the organs of action meaning um, what physical perception per, physical senses or the perceptual capacity associated with body and material plane is not a problem it's the mind that's the real problem and so there's some and and it's sort of the intermediate function uh, between body and spirit body mind spirit the mind is where the work lies mainly And that's why in the raw material initiation sequence and the tarot, the first sequence is of of cards of the mind, the tarot archetypes of mind, then body, then spirit, because the initiatory process basically works on mind first and then body, which is at this point body-mind or mind-body, then fully spirit. And so, but the first work on mind is to clean up your act which is uh, particularly um right speech and right view and um right action will come out of that right action is just you know restraint really <laughs> right effort right effort to make sure you don't keep making trouble by action but it but that's um sourced in mind and right view and um commitment to harmlessness obviously as sila and so the work on mind is first and in a sense first and last and there's a certain truthfulness or non non (laughs) non-distortion of the body the embodied experience while the mind is full of deception and um self um self trickery so anyway i'm not fully sure what he means but You've got organs of knowledge of mind, you've got organs of action, particularly, uh, presumably, of body. There's a certain honesty or truth, satguna, to the organs of action or body. Um, Because they are as they are, um, it's the mind that interprets and um, adds the maya, illusory, mistaken perceptions to activity of body or life in the world. Anyway. He said, behind the many minds is the one mind. (laughs) That one mind, capital M, is the mind of others. And and, and that would be known by Atman. And so he was living Atman (laughs) and beyond while incarnate. And so he could read the thoughts of others and he could, (laughs) you know, uh, make sure that the right person sits in the room to hear (laughs) something that he'll be saying later that helps the guy's son marry another person or something because their astrological charts are perfectly suited. And all that was known in mind before he even sat down to give the darshan to all the people (laughs) Uh, with one fellow intended in the audience to be sitting at the end. Something very strange. I mean, he had countless um, uh, episodes of magical service. That um, indicated uh, uh, profound mind awareness and understanding of hidden matters and and complex matters. So, um, e- eternal mind is supreme bliss or Ananda. Eternal mind, with a capital M, is not the same mind as below, as two steps below Atman. It's really uh, Chidakash, uh, awareness sky. Uh, which is at one with heart sky because it's by nature love-based love, love based and unitive and harmless and uh, supremely virtuous. I mean, non-duality is the supreme virtue, right? Supreme ethical, moral being is non-duality or non-dual awareness. Living in non-duality is the supreme virtue and and moral uh, conduct. And so Ra said, when energy hits six sixth chakra, uh, upward spiraling light, uh, service to others is automatic at the energy liberated by that contact with the, uh, you know, north star Polaris at the crown and the upward spiraling light Kundalini Shakti going up from the root. When hitting in sixth chakra, uh, service to others is automatic at the energy liberated. It's, so, it's kind of goofy to call it service to others, frankly. How about universal uh, love, unity, radiance? How about that? So... <clears throat> You know, Ra, I don't know what, what Ra did, but they seem to have had a Western training through the densities uh, because their understanding of, Buddha, of Vedanta and Buddhism seems kind of limited. Now, maybe it was Carla. you know, had a certain orientation, and the readers <laughs> are Westerners. But <clears throat> in any case, fulfillment, he some beautiful phrases here. I might go the whole hour on one stanza. Uh... Fulfillment ensues only when you proceed in the pure skies. Chit Akash, Hridayakash, heart sky, uh, heart awareness sky, which is of the head, which uh, can only be enjoyed fully when everything below the head is clear, meaning lower triad blockages mainly cleared below diaphragm, green, blue, love, wisdom, quite well activated or and or crystallized, you know. I mean, again, (laughs) these are stages ahead of my development, so I can't say I have experienced much of what he says. Uh, But I I have some sense of what it is. You know, the headlights show the road ahead. And even though I haven't, we haven't traveled the road ahead, by clear seeing in the headlights, we can see some aspects of the road ahead, even though we haven't arrived yet. Okay. So, in the pure skies is the right way of living, which is shila, (laughs) restraint, or vairagya, or do your danda, right? Right action, right livelihood. Mukti, liberation at the end. Bhakti, it wrote wrote here, bhakti, I think it's bhakti. Bhakti, devotion, um, longing for completion. Bhakti is devotion commonly to a guru, bhakti yoga. But it's really... Heart um, it's it's particularly a a unified integrated mind body, mind body spirit, longing for liberation, longing to end um, dukkha and reincarnation once and for all. Oh, a deep longing to end um, uh, reincarnation, ignorance, dukkha. Stress, impermanence. (laughs) I'm tired of impermanence. I want permanence. Well, that's only found outside the octave. Um, And then Shakti. So, in the pure skies of Atmanic, you know, awareness that has no end, capital mind, eternal mind, um, is right action, right livelihood. Uh, the promised potential of release and mukti, liberation, bhakti, longing, devotion, commitment to um, ever, ever learning, growing, helping, continuing on path and seven chakra development, and shakti, meaning um, the power, the upward spiraling light, actually, that that does the, does the, the treading of the path, the, the path through incarnation, through multiple dimensions, of continued seven chakra perfection or development is run by Shakti, who's run by mine, uh, which uh, when uh, centered in true bhakti or longing, um, by and by, by and by, um, does the, does the work, treads the path and moves uh, to uh, moksha, mukti. So pure sky is within the buddhi, which is interesting. Um, But actually, I would think that Atman is beyond mind, or it's in this eternal mind, which is really uh, Chittakash, which is consciousness, non-dual awareness. But it's not yet finished. (laughs) And then finally, um, uh, Pure Sky is Brahma Randra, and Raja Yoga is above the neck. Varna, Varna Randra is above the neck. I looked into these terms, they are kind of interesting, from Wisdom Library definition Brahmarandra from shaktism shakta philosophy from a, a treatise about yoga Brahmarandra is explained in terms of kundalini yoga by lakshma Desh, lakshmana Deshika, hey hey in his 11th century, century sharada tilaka sharada uh sarada sarada Sarada, litaka, Sarada, sorry, tilaka, Sarada, tilaka. So a lot of great heavy hitters uh, wrote (laughs) treatises in Mahayana Buddhism, yeah, and uh, Vedanta, you know, the Advaita Vedanta, and Shakti Shaktism, and um, you know. uh, Vaishnava, uh, Kashmiri Vaishnava Vaishnavism—I don't know—Vaishnavism. I don't know vaishnavism I don't know all these words uh, in uh, 500 800 1200 1600 years ago there were some very heavy hitters in India um, Buddhist and Hindu or Buddhist and Vedantic um, who wrote really serious uh, scriptures commentaries um, that some of which are translated are good stuff Anyway, in that, from Lakshmana Deshika, <clears throat> the body is described starting from the bulb, B-U-L-B, kanda, the place in which the subtle channels, nadi, originate, located between anus and penis. Uh-uh. Really, it's the perineum. So, from the perineum, that's the root chakra. <laughs> the root chakra is the perineum. That's one of the three points um, of root chakra. The other two seem to be the, the center of the feet, the balls of the feet. That's not the ball. It's basically the midpoint, upper midpoint of the, of the bottom foot. Uh, and so the root chakra is triadic. That's interesting. But the, the base of the spine, muladhara, is very much um, the perineum. That, that's Not everybody understands that. So that bulb, the place from which the subtle channels, the nadis, originate, perineum, Three principal channels are Ida, left, Pingala, right, and Sushumna in the center of the spine and the head. Inside Sushumna is Chitra, a channel connecting to the place on the top of the skull called Brahma Randra. And uh, Brahma Randra means opening of Brahman, which is opening of Logos. The Logoic opening is the crown chakra. Boom. These guys knew it a thousand years ago. No problem. And so crown chakra is the is 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 not a place it's a place but it's really like the sun it's it's a interdimensional vortex it's an it's a, a space-time <laughs> apparent location that is insubstantial that has no mass or volume it's basically a wormhole it's a hole it's a fab it's a hole in the fabric of the substance of uh, third density uh, to time-space And so, if you look at the work of Eric Dollard, D-O-L-L-A-R-D, holding court from the front seat of his car, talking about the nature of the sun as uh, determined by RCA radio astronomy, (laughs) he's got a lot to say. So the sun is akin to the crown chakra, I'd say. It's a hole. It's a vortex. It's a transduction point. A point of transduction, transducing from uh, the next octave to this. Mm. And so opening a Brahma is Brahmarandra. And Varna Randra is the opening of Varna. And here, opening of Brahman, Brahmarandra is a small opening on the top of the skull near the fontanelle. Uh, where where the point of a baby's hair spirals from. Where infants growing scalp hair evolves spiraling from is, I think, that near fontanelle. The <laughs> hum <laughs> how about that the baby's hair infant's hair grows spiraling from a point at the crown of the head which is called crown chakra which is an opening which is a vortex to the next octave and it coalesces or hardens with time like the plates like plate tectonics of the skull <clears throat> and then then uh, there's a limit as, as one grows and then it can be worked <laughs> by spiritual growth and practice um, from the uh, from the the Shakti Kundalini Shakti upward spiraling light coming from root up to the crown. Name based on a belief expressed in older Upanishads, which are useful, that it's a place from which Atman can leave the body to unite with the something something. So with with Godhead. So you can for the highest souls, obviously they leave the incarnation out of the crown chakra. And in fact, the uh, there's an esoteric point to that I'm not fully uh, versed on, that the, chakra through whi- the main chakra, quote, through which the entity leaves at death or is predominant at death, determines where they're reborn. So if you leave from your second chakra or your third chakra, you know you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> if you leave from the second chakra, you'll probably go to hell. If you leave through the third chakra, you probably become a hungry ghost. If you leave out through the fourth chakra, you probably go to astral city or above and end up or, or you know, in fourth density. If you leave coming out of the crown chakra, what? It's a parinibbana and you go back to the logos? I don't know. Again, it's beyond me, but possibly. <laughs> so, Brahma Randra, opening of Brahman, Varna Randra, from the page on Varna, also wisdom library, this is also very esoteric. From Shaktism, refers Varna, Varna, Varnad, Varnadva, from Varna, Varna, Varnadva, refers to one of the six Advans purified during the Kriya, Kriya vati Diksha, an important Shakta, meaning tradition of the Shaktism ritual, uh, described as this. Looking with the divine eye, he transfers the Chaitanya of his disciple into himself and unites it with that of his own, thereby effecting a purification of the six Advans, namely, Kala, Tattva, Bhavana, Varna, Pada, and Mantra. What's that? I don't know. The word Adva means path, so six paths purified during a particular ritual. This is very serious stuff, you know, probably associated with a guru. Obviously, if it's a disciple and a guru, he transfers Chaitanya, is some aspect of mind or consciousness, I guess, and energy, and unites it with his own and purifies these six advas, advans, the word adva means path, six paths, when the six, when, when the above six advans or paths, which is varna, are purified, they lead to Brahman experience. And uh, diksha is one of the most important rituals of the shaktas. And so, you like shaktamuni? Mm-hmm. Not really. Shakya, this is different. Shaktas, those that are in the shakta, uh, shaktist, shaktism, you know, uh, philosophy and practice. Uh, one of the most important rituals of the shaktas and so-called because it imparts, quote, imparts divine knowledge and destroys evil. Sure, that that's non-dual awareness and Lower triad blockages are removed or released, um, cleared through this ritual, presumably. And so, this is beyond my, my uh, study, uh, the six advans and six paths purified through this ritual. But certainly, Varna, uh, Varna Randra, is the Varna opening, which is associated with uh, a certain advan or path, which is probably associated um, with some kind of uh, naughty uh, perhaps naughties in the head so pure sky is the brahma randhra so crown chakra is the pure sky okay boom so how do you proceed in the pure skies well you have to be fully crystallized healer and then go beyond atman actually <clears throat> braja yoga above the neck varna Randra above the neck the yeah this has, again, been a, a kind of theme in many traditions, Buddhist or Hindu, or Buddhist and Vedic, that some people end up doing a, te- a lower body focused technique like uh, Dantian or Hara, Japanese, Chinese, lower belly, second chakra, third chakra zone. Even meditating in the heart can be problematic because it can overstimulate the lower, those chakras activity, two, three, four, particularly. So there is a certain safety to keep it in the head. Uh, <laughs> and of course there's much more that can be said, but I don't have the time, so a couple more before we end for today, and that'll close my commentaries on part two. Bottom page 73, nityananda said, the Atman is not perceived by the senses, the Atman is distinct beyond the sense perception, beyond consciousness, got it, beyond fifth, fifth, conscious, fifth consciousness, Vijnana. Atman is perceived by organs of knowledge, I would imagine, Badi, it is a part, separate from the body idea. He is a yogi who knows the nature and law of the senses and lives in the light of that knowledge. Such a one is a true sat purush. Sat purush is true being. What he, just like the jenren, actually, what he speaks is the word of the Veda. He is like the seed of tamarind. The tamarind sticks to the palm, but the seed is immaculate. The heart of a sat purush is like that. He is young, eternally young, Yana knows no age realization enlightenment book D, is uh, beyond time and space or not of a temporal sequence so obviously yana, realization gnosis um, awakening is uh, not of an age and the more spiritually oriented people uh, commonly look younger longer or have some youthfulness actually and so anger and hatred and desire a lower triad blockage um craving and clinging and grasping and aversion and basic ignorance and mental uh turmoil and mental um uh, distractedness and uh proliferation of thought all of that all of those kleshas age the face and age the body faster and so uh, if you want to age more slowly, <laughs> more fully, live above the diaphragm or live in green-blue indigo. Atman, not perceived by the senses. So if you think about Atman, that's not Atman. Uh, because that's called uh, a consciousness or um, samskaric production of proliferation of thinking about it, which is the basis of, which is the result of thought. Uh, result, Thought is the result of perception, which is called the mind-sense. <laughs> so there's four five body senses and then there's the fifth the sixth sense which is called the mind sense so or the sense organ of mind of knowledge of um proliferation of uh, you know some scaric function um composite fermentations fabrications thought form generation mental thought form creation uh, that's from the mind sense and thus all thoughts about atman is not atman right Uh, Thoughts about sugar is not the experience of sugar in the mouth sweet. Uh, And it's also separate from the body idea. And so Gautama would say, you know, there's no self. Okay, the self is no self. This self is no self. Got it? The Atman is not a self. It's called higher self because it's the next level up of uh, realization of true nature. It's still under the illusion of Tanamanas. Actually, it's not finished. Eighth fetter is broken when the entity leaves sixth density, as far as I can tell. Tanamana, Tanamanas, craved, (laughs) monastic-based thinking, conception, identity of separative selfhood is broken, breaks, is is Atman. It's still with Atman. It's just, I knows itself as light, and that's boundless, at least in the octave. And uh, that's not the end of the line, because that's still identity, that's drop going to seven. And so, um, any any conceptualization of that is not it. It's a finger pointing to the moon. Fine, it's useful as a finger, but it's not the moon. So, the one who lives in the light of the knowledge of the senses, but also knows um, his own nature, he who knows the nature and law of the senses, which means that the senses can't access Atman, even the mind sense, the sankharic function, sankharic activity, um, which is, I guess, at some level still only manasic. Um, the buddhic function may be more associated with um, non-dual awareness, mon- mental function. What what is the non-dual <laughs> mental function of buddhi? Discriminative awareness. Is it still so samskara? Maybe not. It may be closer to vijñana. So Vijnana looking at self, Vijnana self reflective, self reflective consciousness, uh, Aham Vichara, <laughs> self inquiry, uh, but in a in a non conceptual way, sitting with the question, who am I? What am I? Like Ramana Maharshi taught, that is a practice that leads to self realization. But that self is not an identity. True nature is ultimately beyond Atman. It's just. Um, we use, uh, you know, the next, the next uh, way station up on the path is Atman. It's the next, you know, sub sub logoic point from the conscious mind up. And that's the bridge to Paramatman or out of the octave. But if you'd know, um, he said, he's a yogi who knows the nature and law of the senses and lives in the light of that knowledge. Um, knowing what the senses, knowing the limit of uh, the world of the senses, which includes any thoughts about Atman not being Atman. (laughs) Just like when you're in mindfulness, you can't be thinking, I'm in mindfulness. Uh, In unit of consciousness, uh, there might be a thought, I'm in unit of consciousness, but um, to whatever extent I know that, (laughs) experience of unity, um, that kind of thinking is not happening, it comes later. So anyway, uh, let me try to... Close this on up. Uh, bottom page seventy four. Nityananda said, "All the water should be drained from the well once, once, and all the mud inside removed. The water that flows thereafter or afterwards is pure. The pure water is jana. Once you burn up the sense of I and mine, true knowledge of all things will be attained." And so, uh, what I think is useful there, or what catches my attention is um the the process of burning up burning up dualistic um, view or wrong view associated with dualistic identity So I and mine is identity and possession. I is ultimately a statement of identity or a statement of subjective agency. the belief that uh, awareness Uh, must be coming out of a central point (laughs) called me, or Scott, or body-mind, or body my spirit or me in this incarnation now. Um, Actually, um, you see, even vijnana, even consciousness is born of ignorance. And so, uh, perhaps Buddhi is above vijnana, or it's a function of consciousness that is not much dualistic or subjective but it's uh, very difficult <laughs> i mean again it's not my attainment yet um where uh, at least not not fully where um the sense of uh presence is no longer uh identified with a center point i mean what is what is awareness It's what it's similar to what we could call presence, intelligent presence, Um, presence awareness, Uh, awareness presence. Commonly, I mean, you know, by uh, stirring the seven vehicles with uh, restlessness, we end up with uh, conceit and a subjective uh, aham, and that's the sense of I, and that's so that's a kind of basically. Uh, identification or identity formation mine is then the sense that um, is dualism is purely is the natural subject object dualism that comes out of the formation of subjectivity. First you have a subjectivity, then you have a duality of subject object they go together really and so uh, the birth of subjectivity of apparently experientially subject uh, separative subjectivity. Um, conferring an identity called I or limiting the the sense of identity to a this and not a that or just to a this this is I obviously uh, can only happen or happens uh, coterminously or at the same time with a notion of mine Uh, I is a subject and mine is uh, an object that's possessed by this subject so subject and object (laughs) <laughs> so subject is I and uh, the world of objects is generated with the sense that this separative apparently separative subjective I uh, is not that I is this not that so tatva masi uh, I am thou art that art thou art thou art that art Art thou art something something um, uh, I is tat <laughs> I is tat okay I is tat not I is this or that I is tat and tat is non-dual is truth tat is sat of course tatva uh, Tathagata, the such come one the thus come one tat is suchness suchness is true is reality or existence beyond dualistic illusory uh, stirring the seven vehicle pot. Uh, or an unstirred, <laughs> seven-vehicle pot of energy fields, uh, unstirred or finished stirring, reveals um, uh, tat, and that's called sat. So, sat-chit-ananda is the bliss of sat-chit. Sat-chit is a truth awareness, or awareness of universal truth, bliss, ananda. So, sat-chit, bliss, not different than tat-chit, Actually, A Tat Chit, you know, Sat Chit is of Tat Chit. What, what is what the Sat that is Chit, the, the Sat meaning the truth or reality that is that one is aware of or that is in awareness. The, the Sat of that Sat chit, uh, is the Sat of Tat, <laughs> the Sat of Tat. And so I actually I looked for this somewhere. I looked at Tat Chit. You can't find it. <laughs> Nobody I, I, I could hardly find Tatchit. Uh Google didn't find it some somebody in India knows it but uh the sat uh of Ananda is the sat of knowing tat and tat is is ultimately the same as tathagata or tatva or tatvama uh which is suchness so the truth is suchness or reality beyond concept, which is obviously beyond duality and unity, beyond temporality, beyond spatiality, beyond light, <laughs> beyond vibration, beyond dancing. The dancing has finished. So that's really only done by those that are in 8th density, or that, that is the life, that is the chit uh, of those uh, united with Brahman, obviously, parmatman or or Brahman, whereas parmatman so, fine. <laughs> so, I and mind falls away. True knowledge of all things will be attained. Indeed. Indeed. And that's where we'll close for today. True knowledge of all things may be attained when you're out of the octave or uh, after the levels of Atman. Uh, and I think, um, you know, uh, you can read further for yourself. Next week, I think I want to start with part three, and that is page 81. And we'll see how we do it. Let me just see something. The last page is 103. So third section, third part goes 81 to 103. Uh, I don't think I'm going to read 81 to 103. But I will probably read 81 to some break point. Maybe uh, to 89 or something. And then circle back and do some commentary. And then the next week. So next week I'll... Read 81 to what 87, 89, something then circle back and read and do some commentary on some of it. The week after, complete the commentary on that 81 to 89 or so 87. Then the week after that, read the final section of 10 pages or so. Then do some commentary on that. Then the week after, do some more commentary on that. And then um, close it down. Uh, but I may. Um, I may do a couple of classes of just reading through 10 or 20 pages (laughs) without commentary if I can restrain myself. So, anyway, I think this is great stuff. Mm. Om Sri Nityananda Nityananda. Thank you, my friend. And uh, thank you for being here. wonderful material. I hope you appreciate it. I guess if you are here, you do. So take good care of yourselves. See you next time. And good night.